Hello and welcome to the Flogcast Network. This is Scott Benzing filling in for Justin Ruff. And as always, we have a very special guest on Thursday. It is TC himself. TC, how are you doing? Scotty boy, I am fantastic. Um, It is week 11 in the Flog Fantasy Football group and things are really getting spicy right about now. That they are. That they are. Uh, Today, as I mentioned, is Thursday, and at 8 p.m. tonight, just before the kickoff of Thursday Night Football, will be the flog trade deadline. So that means no more trading until after the playoffs have concluded. Um, Just on that topic, um, we have had a couple trades the past couple days, but no real big splashes. Um... TC, what are your thoughts on the trades that have occurred in the past week um, since we've done this? Uh, just looking at the flog um, trade sheet here, there's been a couple. Uh, I traded for Mark Andrews from Justin. Um, Jake traded for Marlon Mack from Justin. Uh, you and Connor had a trade there, swapping some quarterbacks. And then Jake and Justin also traded uh, quarterbacks yesterday. What are your thoughts on some of those? Uh, I'm mostly like, I, I didn't think Justin would go for a quarterback. I didn't think he'd give up draft capital for a big quarterback like that um, this late in the season. I mean, I guess unless he's thinking about using him as a keeper next year, then, you know, if Russ plays as well as he has been, I guess that's a, you know, a solid option. I just didn't see the move coming at this time of the year. Um, the rest of it, I think that's like players like my team and your team were trading to get to up our chances and bolster our rosters. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Justin, as you were talking about, traded for Russell Wilson yesterday. Um, Justin currently has the worst record in the league, destined for the Toilet Bowl playoffs, Um, going out and getting the number one fantasy QB. Uh, He gave up Jared Goff, who hasn't done much. Um, He traded Jake's third round pick back to him. Uh, five days after he had acquired it in the Marlon Mack trade, and he also gave up a seventh in 2021. Um, The only reason that this move makes sense is if Justin considers Russell Wilson a keeper, Um, which I'm not sure we don't have very many keeper quarterbacks. I think the only one this past year was Patrick Mahomes. Um, The year before that was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Do you see Russell Wilson as a keeper quality player? Well, uh, it's tough because if we have a two QB league, um, and if you, um, and of course, one QB that scores a lot of points is great. But when we have two, we can. There are eight eight teams in the league. We have sixteen quarterbacks that we need to use every week. The top sixteen quarterbacks put up pretty solid numbers, in my opinion, um, to be trading this late in the season for something such a for that as being a keeper, anyways. Yeah, um, I mean, Russell Wilson's going to be a fantasy stud, it looks like, the rest of the year. Uh, It should help Justin out in the playoffs. Um, But it was just a weird move, um, giving up that type of draft capital. As I mentioned, he gave up a third-round pick. Um, Looking at the 2020 draft order, uh, Justin only has one pick in the first five rounds. Um, He had two before this trade, and now he's back to one, and that's in the third round. Um, 
So interesting strategy there. Usually the guys that are destined for the toilet bowl playoffs are trying to acquire draft picks. And it just seems like Justin's determined to give all of his away. Yeah, that's a little strange. That's why I'm that's why I'm kind of like, well, I mean, he's a good player and he can be keeper worthy, but for Justin to make that move at that high of a price, in my opinion, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. And I don't, uh, I think that Jake won that half of the deal. Yeah. And as I mentioned, they made a trade about five days earlier where um, Justin sent Marlon Mack over to the high flying Hawaiians to Jake's team. And Jake sent A.J. Green and his third-round pick. Um, So that trade was interesting. A.J. Green, uh, he's a bit of an older receiver on a really bad team, hasn't played this year, and I'm not sure when he's going to play, especially with Andy Dalton being benched. It doesn't sound like he's in any sort of hurry to get back into the lineup and have Ryan Finley throwing ducks to him. So Yeah, and they also says that he's he's – most likely going to sit out another week. Uh, there was a setback in his recovery. I mean, he's 31. That is old. Uh, I know Justin likes his old players, so I can totally see the new wave of old dudes coming in that Justin's like, they're not that old. Uh, he's got an affinity for Brandon Cooks, who's on his 18th concussion. Um, I see Green. Uh, who else? Yeah, well, those guys at least. Oh, I mean, and then the big one, uh, David Johnson. So I, I know that Ruff likes those guys, and it kind of makes me laugh. Um, not at him, but with him because he's a funny dude. Uh, but here we are again, and AJ Green. I don't, I don't know. Like I don't know what he's gonna do. I don't. I think they're just gonna rest him, get him some reps in, and then hopefully trade him off next year to get something in in return. Yeah, with the Bengals appearing to be in full tank mode, um, them benching Andy Dalton, probably wanting to take a quarterback if they're in the first two or three picks of the draft um be interesting to see what sort of rebuild they're trying to do there in cincinnati um and then the other trades you traded for kyler murray gave up jimmy garoppolo and curtis samuel to connor for that um i see that as a pretty good trade um for both guys uh the reason i think it's a good trade for you is kyler murray is a high upside young quarterback he's got some rushing value Uh, The Arizona offense is a very good scheme with Cliff Kingsbury running it. Um, So I think that that's a good move on your part. And I also think that Connor, uh, it wasn't a bad move on his part. He's got, he had three really good quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Kyler Murray. Um, So he didn't really need Kyler Murray. um, And he was able to get Jimmy Garoppolo, who's shown that he can be a viable option as a QB two. And then we've, been harping on his wide receiver depth all year and you sent Curtis Samuel over to him so maybe not a super high upside guy but somebody that he can stick in his lineup and get 10 points every week yeah Curtis Samuel has been pretty solid and I had so much trouble that when I got him switching between him and DJ Moore I'm like who do I put in but I think DJ Moore's kind of proved that number one spot yep DJ Moore has kind of solidified himself um I was saw something earlier that he scored like 15 fantasy points for the last five weeks Uh, that may be full PPR so it could be a little lower in our league but pretty consistent there from DJ Moore Um, and then the last trade that happened in the past week I sent Jarvis Landry and a seventh round pick for Mark Andrews Um, my reasoning for that is Travis Kelsey goes on a bye in week 12 Um, I was looking for somebody a tight end maybe that 
I could use as a flex option and a pinch. Um, Mark Andrews had a few down weeks there in the middle of the season, um, but he seems to be a high target type of guy. Uh, one player that Lamar looks at quite a bit. And last week he was on my bench uh, sitting there nice and resting and he, he scored two touchdowns. Um, but Jarvis Landry also had a big game. He had 20 points uh, for Justin. So what's your analysis of that trade? Well, I like um, I, I like that because he's also can be a solid flex player. Um, you've just that second flex spot has kind of been a little shaky um, for most people and trying to sure up that spot um, going with matchups and he's proven that you know he does get touchdowns he gets the volume um, he had I don't know the last two games before Cincinnati uh, against New England and Seattle he went two receptions but you know that was when Lamar had such a good run game I don't know they're pretty good offense I like them uh, I like the energy they've got moving I think it's a good a good move on your part and it kind of Bites rough in the butt the following week when Hooper goes down. Um, but you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't predict that. Yeah, and that was the reason I had tried some trade discussions with Jake about getting Darren Waller um, since he had George Kittle. George Kittle got banged up; he didn't want to move on from him. And so I, I was originally trying to get Austin Hooper from Justin, but he didn't want to budge. I don't blame him. Austin Hooper has been the number one fantasy tight end. So we did the Mark Andrews deal, and then Hooper goes down for what appears to be about a month-long absence. Um, so just bad timing. I mean, you can't predict that type of stuff. Uh, it could have happened where Mark Andrews got hurt and went down immediately after I traded for him. But um, I think nobody – I think both sides came out good in that um, trade yeah, there. I agree. Uh, so as I mentioned, trade deadlines tonight. Um, any predictions? Uh who you think is going to make a move for a player? Um, is there going to be any trades? Uh, we pretty much know that Justin and Jake are both open to dealing players since they are currently slotted into those seventh and eighth seeds in the, the toilet bowl playoffs. Um, anybody else who you think might be buying or selling at the trade deadline? Um, so I think that the buyers... You know, it's it's kind of all of us in the playoffs. We're looking at something that we can get, but we don't want to give much away because our teams have been solid enough to get us to this point. Mine and yours, not as much as Keegan and Quentin's. Um, so I think that we'd be more apt to giving something away, but we've also been making moves to sure up our offense. They haven't made as many moves as we have because their team um, have been just better all year. But I can also see them looking at each other and thinking, how do I one-up? that person so that is probably a driving force behind why those two might trade because they need to get a better team than what you know we all just need a better team but who wants to give a bunch of draft picks away anymore you know we've we've been kind of doing that (laughs) and I for one am kind of like kind of dread bled dry so personally I'm I'm not trying to give high round picks away anymore for for players how about yourself what are you looking Um, for I'm kind of in the same situation as you are, where there's some guys that I've kind of kicked the tires on. Um, I reached out to the owners, kind of asked what the asking price would be. And a lot of times it's just, um, I don't want to give up the draft capital necessary to get the deal done. Um, I have a decent amount of players on my bench that I think could fill in and perform um, 
okay if I need them to. Um, not a ton of high upside guys. Uh, but I don't want to give up picks inside the top four rounds because that's where you build your team for the following year. And yeah. so it's just kind of that that limbo situation where um, being six and four at the moment, it appears that I am currently a lock for the the playoffs. Um, even if I lose both my games, I'm still outscoring everybody else outside of the two guys sitting at eight and two. Um, so it just feels like right now I'm about 98% in the playoffs. And I don't know if, giving away a bunch of picks for a guy that could only get me into third place at the end of the season is worth it. So, yeah, it's that, that unknown factor that really keeps us on the edge. Um, I totally see where you're going with. And yeah, if by some chance Marcus beats you and then who's he play week 12 or Kuhn, um, if Kuhn wins and then he wins next week and beats me, then he's in. Um, Marcus would have to beat you and then Quentin. I'd have to beat Kuhn. You'd have to lose your two. So those are the only two. And then I just have to win this week. And Connor has to win. Well, if I win this week, Connor is most likely out. Yeah. And uh, so the standings, uh, as we mentioned, Blount Force and Magic School Bus both sitting at eight and two. They're pretty much locked. They are locked into the playoffs. If they lose both games, it doesn't matter. I am sitting at six and four currently at the three seed. Uh, you are sitting at five and five and the fourth seed. And then Connor and Marcus are both sitting at four and six um, with a chance to sneak up into that fourth spot, um, depending on how the next two weeks go. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be a it'll be an interesting uh, next two weeks. Um, hopefully, an interesting next six hours before the trade deadline. Um, yeah. So we'll I'm see. Looking to get something, you know, but we're not giving up a lot for it. Okay. Enough about what could happen or what might happen. Let's get into what is happening, and that is the flog matchups this week. Um, first game we'll start with. Uh, we'll save our two matchups for the last two. Get through some of these guys that we don't really care about their lineups. Um, we'll I just start hope with. They all break their knees. Everybody on everybody's team except mine. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> yep, that's usually how fantasy football goes. Especially as it gets towards the closer to the playoffs, everybody gets a little bit more feisty and vicious. Hopefully, some of that uh, smack talk will pick up in the group chat. Um, so the first matchup this week we'll go over is the high flying Hawaiians sitting at three and seven going against the coon squad sitting at four and six, trying to get into that playoff spot. Um, just quick look at their lineups. Uh, what do you like on coon squad this week? Well, I like Pat Mahomes. Um, he's been good. Connor's team is kind of looking like a remnant of his, uh, team in the beginning. I don't know. There have been some guys that aren't there, aren't performing as well as they have. He's also been making some solid solid enough moves to sure up those without giving up too much. Um, I'm not a big fan of his wide receivers. I like his running backs. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, Patrick Mahomes stud every week. 
Um, he's currently the seventh rated quarterback and he missed two or three games. So just shows you what kind of player he is, kind of fantasy numbers he puts up. Um, looking at his running backs, though, um, I think Saquon is on a bye this week. He is. Yep. And so is DK Metcalf, so Giants and Seahawks. Um, when he had Nick Chubb, his running back, two running back spots were pretty much a lock every week. But he dealt him away. And now he's got Ezekiel Elliott, who had a, a down game last week. Uh, don't expect that trend to continue going up, up against the Lions this week. Uh, but then he's got Jordan Howard as his running back two right now. Um, just looking at some of his depth, uh, it just seems a little lacking this year. Um, he had the three-headed monster with all the running backs. Those guys got him lots of points and Elliott, Barkley, and Chubb. Uh, but now it's just it's a little light this year. Um, he currently has Greg Olson uh, slotted in as his second flex. Yeah, I was going to point that out. I, it, it almost looks like who can who can throw the towel harder right now. <laughs> yes, it does. He's got Will Fuller in his lineup. Uh, he's been out since week seven. I think he might play this week. He's questionable. Alshon Jeffrey came up on the injury report this week. He is limited in practice. They're also facing the Patriots. And same with Jordan Howard, a little bit banged up. So Coon Squad is currently projected 139.7 points, um, which is a pretty low uh, projection. Uh, Jake's team, looking at his, is projected 139.6, but he only has one quarterback in his lineup right now. Oh. he's currently got Aaron Rodgers in there who's on a bye Uh, he's going to slot in Jared Goff when he that trade processes today Um, looking at Jake's lineup who's somebody that you think could have a big game for him this week and take down the Coon squad well I think that his running back position and his flex position is really strong Um, Melvin Gordon going against KC the run defense has been leaky all year Uh, Josh Jacobs has been He's been solid. He's been consistent all year. Um, you know, he's had a few ups and downs, but he's he's been really, really good. I, I like him. James Conner coming back in. That's really nice to have in his lineup. Um, and then Marlon Mack. Getting Marlon Mack. You know, Jake was... You can obviously tell Jake's team was making a, a push for the playoffs, and he really did have something going. Um, but I think that Jake's going to walk, walk away with this because of those four solid running backs. Yeah, Jake's running backs, um, they look really good. Uh, I actually had reached out to Jake earlier today, maybe trying to get a last-minute deal done um, about trading for one of his running backs. But again, it came into that situation where the asking price on him was pretty high, and I'm sure he's okay with holding on to them and just uh, just not losing the toilet bowl. So. Yeah. That, um, that's what it becomes about for those bottom two, bottom three people. Just like, what can I do to not get dead last? Yep. And then obviously a few of those guys are going to be keepers or at least uh, in the keeper consideration for him next year. So um, again, all the, the trades could happen in the off season. I expect that to occur. Uh, guys trying to get better keepers, trading away some stuff in the off season. But um, we can talk about that after the playoffs have concluded. Um, Jake's wide receiver group is a bit strange, I'll say. Uh, he's obviously got Julio, 
as his number one. But then his next two wide receivers are Jamison Crowder and Mohamed Sanu. Uh, what do you think about those wide receivers? I like Crowder. Um, he's been getting a lot of uh, volume. His last two games, he's had really good, uh, really, uh, really good scoring, really good outing. Um, eight for eighty-three and one touchdown against Miami, and then five for eighty-one and one touchdown against the Giants. Now they're going against Washington. Him and Sam Darnold have been gelling a little bit more, and he, I, I see that he likes to feed Crowder. Um, which is really great for him, uh, for skin. And then I like Sanu, too. Um, he's coming off a 10 for 81 uh, at Baltimore. And I was reading that Tom Brady throws for over 255 yards um, oh, after his bye week for the last six years. So I think that trend's going to continue. I think that their connection is going to be even better. Um, I'm looking for Sanu to, to get a touchdown. So I think Jake's wide receiver has been solid enough if they're continuing to trend the way that they are. Yeah, and I agree. I think that when I said interesting, I didn't mean interesting in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, they're just two guys, Jamison Crowder and Muhammad Sanu, that uh, coming into this season never would have thought that they would have been um, starting caliber wide receivers. Um, and Jake's got both of them starting. And as you mentioned, Jamison Crowder's getting a ton of looks. Uh, from Sam Darnold, he's getting all of the catches that Robbie Anderson was expected to get, but just that connection's not there this year, going up against a bad defense this week in Washington. And then Mohamed Sanu, his first game with the Patriots, had all those catches. Um, he's never been a big yardage guy, a lot of slot routes, catching underneath passes. Very good hands, very crisp route runner, and going against a bad Philly secondary this week, so... I think both of those guys are in line for a good day. Um, so looking at these matchups, uh, knowing that Aaron Rodgers is going to be benched because he's on a bye and Jared Goff slotted in there, who do you have taken this one, TC? Um, this is a um, high-flying Hawaiian kind of day. He's got a he's got a good roster right now, Jake does. Um, for the way that his players have, are trending, I think that he's going to walk, walk away with this easy. Yeah, I picked Jake to win this matchup um, in my commissioner's corner yesterday. I uh, did have a note in there if he... I was cons I didn't think he was going to trade Russ. I thought he was just going to eat it this week, take the L, play one quarterback, and keep Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, but he pulled the trigger and made a move, um, so he's going to have somebody in that lineup. I think Jake takes this one. Um, I think he could have won even if he didn't have two quarterbacks in. I mean, that's that's the risk you got to play. Jake ended up getting some draft yeah. capital out of him. Gets a warm body in his lineup yep. uh, for a guy that he wasn't going to keep. Um, earlier this year in their previous matchup, the Coon squad took this uh, took the victory 147.8 to 145.1. Close matchup there. Um, in flog history, Jake is currently winning this series 6-4. to four. Um so we both picking Jake to take this victory and knock Kuhn out of playoff contention. Um, so moving on to what I consider to be the game of the week, and that is the Blount Force and the Magic Skull Bus going up against each other, uh, playing for the number one, the number one spot in the playoffs. It seems. Yeah, um, this isn't more about who's winning, in my opinion. This is more about who loses because. Then we can like talk some crap to them for losing, and they haven't been losing all year. They've been kicking all our butts, so we haven't been able to talk crap to them. 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, Keegan has two losses um, and Blount has two losses. Uh, earlier in the season when they played, the Magic Skull Bus came away with the victory 140 or 184.6 to 157. Uh, so that was one of Blount's two losses. And then I also took down Quentin in week one. Um, so those are his two losses. I'm not, I can't remember who Keegan lost to, um, but he's had some, he's had some luck with a few of his victories as well. He hasn't been putting up the scoring numbers that Quentin has and just blowing everybody else out of the water. Um, who do you have in this matchup just before we get into the lineups? Um, I think, I think Quentin's going to take this one away. Um, his wide receiver core, I think, is a little more solid. But also, when you look at the wide receivers, you got Evans and Godwin. Um, so it, it's, I don't know how likely it is that both of them are going to put up big numbers. So if one puts up big numbers, that can really sway this game. Yeah, uh, they are going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Are going up against the New Orleans Saints. It's in Tampa Bay. Um, when they played earlier. In the year, Mike Evans was held to zero catches for zero yards. Um, but part of that was because Marshawn Lattimore was covering him, shadowing him. Uh, they doubled him a lot. This week, Marshawn Lattimore is expected to be out. And so that makes the wide receiving duo here a little bit more interesting. Um, Chris Godwin's proven that he can be a big-time receiver, Uh Tampa Bay honestly could have the best one-two wide receiver combination in the league. Um, And so I think that it really just comes down to what the game plan is. Uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have both had huge games uh, this year, and they both had weeks where they haven't done much. And so looking at just these two lineups, uh, it's currently projected 163.3 for Quentin and 149.5 for Keegan. I think if Chris Godwin has a big day and Mike Evans kind of has a dud, it'll go Keegan's way. But if it's the other way around, um, Quentin should pull this one out. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I also uh, like Quentin's quarterback situation better, though, because Rivers has been consistent, but he's been consistently uh, below average. Uh, Winston is... Well, you never know. He, you know, he's always throwing yardage, but he's also like somebody else might be catching the ball that he's not intending it to go to. Yep, Winston does have the that turnover uh, issue. I'll call it because I have some other words for it that I can't say on this podcast. Um, yeah, he throws for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, but he also gets a lot of negative points because of interceptions and fumbles. So, just depends on what Jameis uh, we're going to get this week. Um, Philip Rivers, he's going up against Kansas City. Uh, he's been okay, I guess. Um, he could throw for four touchdowns, or they could get inside the 10-yard line and just hand it off to Melvin and let him run it in. So, um, never really know with Philip Rivers. And then Blount's quarterbacks, we all know what Lamar's doing every week. Don't expect that to, um, to stop anytime soon. And then Josh Allen, while he doesn't throw for a lot of yards... Uh, he runs for a lot and gets rushing touchdowns. And this week he's got Miami, which is a really good matchup. Um, but I do have to give the edge to Quentin's quarterbacks here. Moving on to the running backs, Blount Force is going with Leonard Fournette and Tevin Coleman. Uh, Derrick Henry's on a bye, so seeing those two guys. 
And then Keegan's got Dalvin Cook and Brian Hill, who he picked up in waivers this week um, with Aaron Jones on a bye. Who do you like between those running back groups? Um, well, we've seen Tevin Coleman have that big four, three touchdown game. He's been kind of down uh, against Arizona and Seattle. And they play Arizona again, and he had 12 rushes for 23 yards. So they, they kind of locked him down. Fournette has been pretty solid all year. He's been consistent. Um, which is surprising. Uh, you see a trend towards uh, week four or five of the going up. Now it's been going down since then. Um, after the buys, probably rested a little bit, but he's going up against the stingy indie defense. That's a tongue twister. Uh, I like Quentin's here. Um, Hill, he picked up. Uh, Keegan picked up Hill on the waiver because he's going to be the new number one in Atlanta, and Atlanta scores. And Keegan's on a three out of four keeper buy week right now so he's just plugging and playing and I think that Keegan understands he's probably gonna not win this uh, but there's nothing he can do about it because of the bye week that his keepers are all on yep that bye week including uh, the Packers the Seahawks um, so he's missing Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and um, he's got feeling out too that's what I was thinking uh, with the injury so three out of four of his keepers are out Yep, Thielen, uh, not sure if he's going to play yet since they kind of rushed him back and he re-injured it the uh, one game he did play. Uh, It sounds like they're going to hold him out until he's fully healthy because the Vikings won him for the playoffs. Um, I am also going to give the edge to Quinton's running backs. Uh, Tevin Coleman didn't do much against Arizona the first time, but uh, that was one of his first games back from injury. I expect him to have a good day against a bad Arizona defense, and also with Matt Breida out this week, he should get more of the workload in that San Francisco backfield. Uh, Leonard Fournette has been running for a lot of yards, but I think he only has one touchdown in the season. Um, That is likely to come to an end soon. I think he's going to be able to get into the end zone more. Uh, He was on my player hating this week because I think this matchup in particular, uh, they're going to want to try to get... Uh, Nick Foles back in rhythm, his first game back since breaking his clavicle in week one. Um, I do expect Leonard Fournette to have a decent day, though. Uh, Delvin Cook, we all know what he does. Uh, But the real thing I'm giving, the real reason I'm giving Quentin the edge is because I don't think we can trust Brian Hill yet. Um, The reason being that he's filling in for Devontae Freeman, who went down. Ido Smith has been on IR or at least... um, out for a significant amount of time. Uh, in the Falcons, when they had those two guys ahead of Hill, they weren't good at running the ball to begin with. Um, so I just think that Quentin's running backs are in a lot better position than Keegan's this week. Yeah, and you know, that's you know it's part of the game. Um, so it's definitely going to lead to a lot of points on Quentin's side. Yep, uh, receivers. Quinton's got Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Julian Edelman. We all expect those guys to be um, high-producing fantasy players this week. Um, Keegan's got Chris Godwin, Odell Beckham Jr. going up against Pittsburgh tonight, and Cortland Sutton. Um, anybody stand out in those wide receivers? You know, I just, I'm just so shocked at how down of a year Odell Beckham Jr. has had. He's, we've seen his potential. Um, how good he is. Um, Chris Godwin's been great. Uh, he really, he really. Are you there, TC? Cut out for a second. 
think we may have lost PC. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just keep going through this. Uh, hopefully TC can get back on the call. Um, he was bringing up Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he has been disappointing this year. It seems like the Browns have made a point to get him more involved in the offense. He had 12 targets last week. Uh, Jarvis Landry ended up having a better fantasy day, but um, Odell Beckham was targeted heavily. I think that that trend continues. They gave up a lot to get him, so I think they want to get him involved in the offense. Uh, Moving on to the tight ends, got Zach Ertz for the Blount Force and Hunter Henry for the Magic Skull Bus. Um, Zach Ertz going up against New England. Got to give Keegan the edge here on Hunter Henry. And... Uh, flexes, Keegan, or Quentin's got Miles Sanders, Calvin Ridley, both guys who aren't super high upside, dealing with some buys this week, so they're in his lineup. Uh, Keegan is going with Christian Kirk, coming off a big, big game against Tampa Bay, three touchdowns. He is going up against San Francisco this week. Do not expect him to have that type of production. And then Duke Johnson is Keegan's second flex. Uh, even though I don't like necessarily love Quentin's flexes i think he has an edge over keegan's this week um so i am going to give him the edge there and for this matchup i'm giving blount force the edge i just think that his team has produced too many points too consistently uh keegan's had a a couple of really good games some really high scoring games but has also been a little bit more inconsistent in the scoring department than quentin has uh keegan putting up some Point totals of 97.6, and Quentin just hasn't had those type of low-scoring games this year. Uh, in fact, Quentin's lowest-scoring game was 157 points. So, a lot of points, a lot of consistent points for the Blount Force. I think he takes this win and get, gets a iron grip on that number one seed in the playoffs. Um, Magic Skull Bus looks to, if he drops this game, we'll move to eight and three. Uh, pretty much assured that he'll get the second seed. Um, I'm going to pause here for a minute before I get into the last two matchups, try to get TC back on the line. So stay tuned. And we're back. Um, sorry for those technical difficulties and the little yappy dog in the back of background of TC. Um, so, yeah, just went over the Blount Force and Magic Skull Bus lineups. Uh, who do you have in this one, TC? Wasn't able to get that from you before uh, we lost connection there. Yeah, after that hurricane of events took place, uh, I destroyed the back of my phone. It's cool. Um, I think Blount's going to win win this one. His team's uh, still pretty solid, even though he's got Henry and Lockett on by. Um, once they're in, then his flex really just is solidified. Um, he's going to take this easy with those buys that, and the injury that Keegan's having right now. Yep, and that's who I had as well. Um, as I mentioned before, this is the second meeting between these two. Keegan taking the first matchup. I think Blount takes this matchup even up the season series to one and one and quick look at their all-time record against each other uh keegan is winning the all-time matchup nine to two so (laughs) that's a 
pretty big difference there in wins and losses, but I think uh, Quentin's going to take it this week. So, okay, moving on, um, we will go to your matchup this week. Savage Patch Kids at 5-5 five and five going against the LeBron Kings at 2-8. and eight. Um, Thoughts about your lineup this week? Well, I think it's um, pretty solid uh, with Evan Ingram on by and Chris Carson on by. I have Hayden and then Ross Dwelly, the the number two tight end for San Francisco. And with um, their run game kind of shortened uh, with uh, Matt Breida being out and then George Kittle being out and possibly Emmanuel Sanders, you know, you know, he's nursing an injury. Um, I think he's going to get some volume. I'm just looking for a touchdown here just to sure up this. Uh, but I, I really like my, uh, my running backs and my wide receivers. Yeah, I think um, your lineup is starting to uh, gel a little bit. Drew Brees back in there. You've got Kyler Murray now. Uh, he's slotted in as your second QB. Um, Alvin Kamara is coming back from injury. Should be getting more and more involved. Uh, as the season progresses, we all know what Christian McCaffrey does every week. Um, don't need to talk about him. Uh, Michael Thomas, another guy uh, who's number one at his position, just like Christian McCaffrey, doing it every week, going up against a really bad Tampa Bay secondary. Um, and then DJ Moore's been producing more recently. Uh, he's been having some good games. And Michael Gallup has kind of come on uh, strong in that number two role in Dallas. Um, so I'm really liking that. Uh, getting into your tight end and flex, though, it gets a little bit shakier, um, but that's just product of bye weeks and what have you. Uh, you mentioned Ross Dwelly, who is, uh, for those who don't know, is the San Francisco tight end who's going to likely be filling in for George Kittle. Um, I honestly had not even heard who this guy was until I saw the recent activity and saw you picked him up. I had to do a little digging. Um, why Ross Dwelly over some of the other guys that were available in free agency? Um, I was looking at uh, Rudolph. Uh, I picked him because of the matchup a little bit and because I knew Kittle was out and I knew Breida was out and I knew that they're looking to shake things up a little bit, you know, throw some looks that teams haven't seen before. Uh, I think they're going to give... And, and if you look at the last, um, what was it, three weeks with this guy, Two weeks, Arizona and Seattle, he went four for 29, three for 24. I mean, those aren't good numbers by any means, but that was with a full San Francisco healthy team. Um, and against Seattle, their defense really did most of the work. Uh, they kind of got shut down. But I think against Arizona, it could be a good matchup. And so I'm mostly playing the matchup and hopefully thinking that because of the people on his team that are out, I think that he's going to get some targets and looks, and I'm just looking for a touchdown here. Yep, and uh, playing tight ends against Arizona has pretty much been a cheat code all year for getting fantasy points, so could turn out well there. Uh, in your flex, you have Carlos Hyde, who's been, I'd say, consistent. Um, not a real high ceiling, but not a real low floor either. So uh, a decent fantasy producer. If he gets a couple touchdowns, that really ups his value. And then Scary Terry's in your flex. Um, what do you expect from Terry McLaurin this week going up against the Jets? Well, after I traded for him, he just did nothing. Um, but that's cool because then he started playing with Haskins. Um, 
Well, so he's played to three different quarterbacks this season. Um, I, I contribute a lot of the misconnections, the chemistry to that. But I think after coming off a bye, having played a few games with Haskins, I think they're going to start clicking. Uh, the Jets haven't been the greatest. They don't have the greatest secondary. The defense is kind of all right. Um, I think this is just going to be a, a game where he's going to get me points, and I think that we can really start to see who he who he becomes these these last this last half of the year. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Um, I don't think that Dwayne Haskins is particularly ready for NFL uh, the NFL quarterback position, but um, Redskins are sticking with him. Want to see what they have in him, benching Case Keenum, so. We'll see. They did have a good connection at Ohio State. Um, we'll see if they're able to kind of rekindle that that connection here in the NFL. So moving over to the LeBron Kings, um, his, this roster is not looking great at this point in the season. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about all the trades he made. Um, there are a couple guys that I do like that stick out, um, particularly Nick Chubb. Uh, that was a good move by Ruff, I think. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is always a solid start. Um, but outside of that, there's some question marks, some guys who maybe haven't lived up to their preseason hype um, as far as fantasy production. Um, what really stands out to you on Ruff's roster? Yeah, I really like uh, Chubb and Hopkins. Um, Chubb, he's been proving himself all year. Hopkins is... It, he's not been bad. He's been pretty solid these last this last half of the season. I mean, after the first game, he had a, he's not going off like he he has been lately or like last year. Um, but he's he's got that trend where he has one good year and then one off year and then one good year and then one off year. Um, so I like those two. Jarvis has been solid these past few weeks. He's um, he's had some good games this year. I'm not a big fan of David Johnson and Todd Gurley right now. Uh, Todd Gurley, since ever since I watched the Super Bowl last year, I knew something was up with him, and I just steered completely clear of him. Keegan got him for his best year, and I think there's something wrong with this dude's knee, and that, or they're just not. I don't know why they wouldn't just be using him unless he's hurt. Yeah, I know the the logic behind that at the beginning of the season that the the Rams stated was that they wanted to keep him. Uh, fully healthy for the playoffs uh, because he kind of wore down a little bit towards the end of the year last year after a lot of usage. Um, but right now it seems like the Rams are in danger of not making the playoffs at all. So maybe they'll start getting him more involved. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's just been a weird year. I don't think the talent is lacking. It's just his usage in that offense has been strange. Um, well, didn't their offensive coordinator... Uh, from last year leave who was it uh he may have i do not know off the top of my head i do know that their offensive line uh, particularly the guards have been really bad um and that's not good for your run game if you can't move the defensive line out of the way and create holes um, yeah Ruff's quarterbacks, he's got Jacoby Brissett and Nick Foles. He loves those afc south quarterbacks he had been putting in uh Brissett for a while now he had been playing Gardner Minshew now he's got Foles in there um but these are both guys Foles is a question mark right now uh he does have one touchdown pass on the season uh that was in the first game first drive actually on the play he broke his clavicle he threw a touchdown pass to DJ Chark 
Uh, Jacoby Brissett has been, he hasn't been blowing the doors off by any means, but he's been consistently throwing the ball downfield. He's been consistently getting touchdown passes. Um, How do you view these two quarterbacks? I think they're the kind of guys that are consistent enough that will get you a few touchdowns to make sure that your team doesn't fall apart. But I also don't think these are the guys that are going to win you championships. I agree. I think that these are guys who aren't going to go out there and um, possibly put up a 3.5 point game. Um, I think their floor is a little bit higher because they're a little safer with the ball. But they're those quarterbacks that don't take risks uh, necessarily. They don't put up the points that some of the more volatile quarterbacks do. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm particularly uh, focused on Nick Foles this week. Um, these two quarterbacks play each other, Jacksonville and Indy. Um, so if it's a low-scoring game, that's bad news for Ruff. If it turns into a shootout, that could be a good, a good outcome for his team. Um, we talked a little bit about DeAndre Hopkins. His other wide receivers are Tyler Boyd and Jarvis Landry. You hit on Jarvis Landry. Uh, he has been consistent. The last three weeks, he's gotten over 10 targets in every game. Uh, seems like the Browns are throwing it a lot more uh, to their outside wide receivers, OBJ and Jarvis Landry. I think that he can be a pretty decent wide receiver, two or three for rough. Um, Tyler Boyd, new quarterback. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on um, because I don't think Tyler Boyd has really done a lot considering he has been filling in at the number one role for A.J. Green in that offense. Yeah, the Bengals aren't very good even. They haven't been good all year. He's had had three games where he's had double-digit points, uh, week one, week two, and then week five. And he's just not – I mean, partially, you know, sometimes there are receivers that can take a team to the next level or make those grabs. And then there are receivers that, in a good system, they are still really good. But when you're playing with the crap team, I don't think the boys really get the opportunity that he could. Yeah, um, I agree. And with Ryan Finley taking over the reins at quarterback there, um, it really lowers his upside. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. But you know, we've seen last year he was solid as a number two. He would get touchdowns here and there. He'd have a, hit a few games with two touchdowns. Those are the, those are the kind of games we're looking at those players for. Those, you know, our, our third wide receiver and maybe our first flex. We're looking at the upside of them getting touchdowns. That's really what it comes down to. Yep. And speaking of flexes, uh, you touched on David Johnson. He has they've. He's been a weird um, fantasy player this year because the Cardinals don't, they seem to be pretty cryptic in their injury reports um, as far as saying like, oh yeah, he's, he's healthy, he's going to play, and then he'll come in and get one carry, five carries, whatever it is. Um, and since they made the move for Kenyon Drake, it just seems like um, this is more of a timeshare than it was at the beginning of the season. And so I don't really like David Johnson moving forward. Uh, they, he goes up against San Francisco this week, who's going to look to just scorched earth policy after that loss on Monday night and just go out and hammer opponents. So I don't like him. Uh, Sony Michelle is Ruff's other flex. He's going up against a pretty good Philly run defense this week. Um, I think that the Patriots are going to go to the passing game more 
uh, because Philly has shown that they give up passing yards. And why, why run into a brick wall when you can take the path of least resistance and um, throw Start the ball? Start over the wall. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, who do you have in this matchup? Uh, current projection has you at 164 and the LeBron Kings at 141.6. I think that I'm going to come away with this. Um, I don't think that Ruff has the consistency on his team right now. And then he's got uh, kind of a few banged up players, or who I think are banged up just as old men. Um, and like you said, Sonny Michel, I don't think he's going to get a lot. Uh, especially if uh, Drew Brees is throwing to Michael Thomas and Camaro's getting some uh, some catches that really will help out because they all do play for the same team. So when one scores, the likelihood of the other two scoring is going to be pretty high. And then McCaffrey, like we said, he's just been, he's been good. Um, And I like, I just like my team over roughs right now. What we just talked about really. Yep. I will agree with you there. I will disagree with you when you said that his team's been inconsistent. Um, His team's been very consistent. Uh, the last few weeks, it just not in a good way. Um, the last two weeks, he scored under 100 points. Um, and so on the season, he has, uh, let's see, he only has two games over 150 points on the season. Um, so he's been, his team's been consistent, but not consistently good. Yeah, um, he's got a few players that get like high points, but most of his players are just not doing anything. Yep. Um, so I'm going to give you the win here as well. A uh, quick look at the head-to-head matchup. Um, you are currently losing this series. Uh, Justin is has seven wins and four losses in this matchup. So that's a bit Coming of some... for blood. Yep, trying to make up some of that uh, ground there. And now we'll move on to the last matchup, uh, which is... Myself, Juju's in the attic, sitting at six and four, going up against the Terry's terrorists at four and six. Marcus trying to make a late season push for a playoff spot. Um, do you think he has enough in his lineup to get it done this week? Well, this is tough because you also have a empty flex uh, spot that you're going to fill probably with Ronald Jones or if Emmanuel Sanders is in. Well, you're you're solid, honestly. Um, I think. I think that it can because we've all seen how Marcus loves to play the high scorer on the bench. Um, if he doesn't make that mistake and that player is in his lineup, uh, I think he could come away with it. Uh, Marcus's team has been weird because he's, like I was saying about the players going off, he's had like different players go off so many different times. Um, I think Kenny Galladay is his most consistent player right now. And then he's got good quarterbacks. But I just think the inconsistencies with those individuals on his team are what hold him back, which is why I think that you kind of have the edge on him. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've talked about it earlier this season that I think Marcus's roster this year is really similar to what mine was last year, where pretty good quarterback play, um, good wide receiver play, and then running backs are just whoever whatever warm body he can find to slot into those running back positions and hope he gets a win um i had the same situation last year all my running backs got hurt i was playing all sorts of 
backups and it was just it was a disaster and I didn't get a lot of wins because of it um but the quarterbacks and wide receivers kept me in it and as you mentioned um Marcus has some good quarterbacks Matt Ryan uh and Dak Prescott have both been producing um the wide receivers Stefan Diggs a little bit up and down uh but I think he's a good option at wide receiver every week Keenan Allen, another guy who's been up and down, is facing Kansas City this week. Expect him to have a decent game. And then the two uh, Detroit Lions receivers, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, uh, Marcus has decided that he's just going to play both of them every week because um, Matt Stafford's been throwing the ball around to everybody. And so you're not sure which guy's going to go off each week. Uh, But to that point, if Matt Stafford doesn't play this week, that really lowers the expected output for Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Um, what are your thoughts on Marcus's flexes, uh, Damian Williams, Marvin Jones, and his tight end, Jason Witten? We've seen um, Damian Williams and Marvin Jones have those huge games. Um, what, the one against Minnesota where he came out with the 91-yard touchdown? So that was pretty That was pretty nice to see, but Marcus had him on the bench, so it didn't really matter. Uh, Marvin Jones had that huge game too, so we've saw we've seen good numbers from them, but it's kind of the up and down. So if they play like they can play, then he's he's solid. Uh, Jason Witten, I don't know, he's he's not really doing much, but I mean, what else? Uh, that's just who Marcus is like throwing a dart, a blind dart at the tight end board right now, going with Jason Witten. It's kind of the same boat that I'm in. He might be playing for matchups and just hoping that he's going to get a touchdown. Yeah, Jason Witten's a guy who could have two catches for 18 yards and two touchdowns any week. I mean, he definitely showed earlier in the season that he's a good red zone option. Um, So it's interesting there. I think Jason Witten is a top 10 tight end on the year, uh, which is funny to say, but that just shows the state of the tight end position in fantasy this year. Yeah, it's been real weird. Okay, and moving over to my lineup. Um, anything stick out to you here? Any guys that um, you're curious why they're in there or anybody you expect to have a big game this week? I'm wondering who you're going to fill your last flex in. Um, you can speculate all day because you still have a pretty good... Um, like, there are four guys, possibly five, maybe six guys that are uh, in contention for that last for those two flex spots. So you really have any way that you go, you just play the matchup or or hope that the matchup works out best for you. Yeah, and that's the reason I left it blank. So currently the one flex player I do have in there is Devin Singletary. Had a really big game against Washington uh, when he took over the number one spot or at least number one in touches. Um, And then last week played the Browns, not doing much. Um, So he's playing Miami this week. I got to have him in a in the lineup it's just a really good matchup and if he's getting all most of the touches i got to keep him in there but the other flex i've left it blank um and that's because i got a lot of guys who i could put in there but again it's going to come down to matchups i mean juju has been really up and down um but i still think he's a very talented austin eckler uh who's starting to see some of his touches erode as melvin rounds into form Um, Emmanuel Sanders has that questionable designation with that rib injury that he um, picked up against the Seahawks on Monday night. Um, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's back. He played 
on 55% of the offensive snaps last week for Cleveland. Um, they got him seven, or they targeted him eight or nine times in the past game. Uh, so he's interesting now. John Brown is one of two receivers in the NFL who has at least four catches and 50 yards in every game. The only other receiver to do that is Michael Thomas. Uh, obviously, John Brown hasn't put up crazy fantasy numbers like Michael Thomas, but he's been consistent. Uh, Ronald Jones, if he's the number one back in Tampa Bay, that's a good choice. He had seven catches last week. And then we talked about him a little bit earlier, Mark Andrews, um, a guy, a tight end who has a lot of a lot of upside and could be a flex option in a pinch. So it's just, I'm going to have some thinking to do. going to have to pray to something. I don't know, do some sort of ritual to give me guidance on who I throw into that second flex. Yeah, you might need to go like see a shaman or something. Or an Eskimo medicine man, because that would be tough. Because if and especially if you play play one dude and then you got two other dudes that you didn't play like have great games, you're gonna feel like ah oh, dang. Because that's how I felt this past week when you beat me. I, I'm like oh if I would have put Kirk Cousins in or the 49ers defense and I would have won. But yep. And when you lose by a, a small amount of points, when you're not blown out, those you start questioning everything even more. Um, yeah. Just quickly going through the rest of my lineup, we went over, listened to me talk about my flexes for about 20 minutes there. Um, my quarterback's running with Deshaun Watson. He's back from a bye. Uh, currently have Sam Darnold as my number two because the questions surrounding Matt Stafford. I just don't know if he's going to be good to go. They they uh, ruled him out like right before the game last week, and I picked up Sam Darnold, threw him in the lineup, and he did okay. And this week he's got Washington. Um what are your thoughts on the quarterbacks there? I like Sean. He's been great all year. Uh, Darnold, the matchup should be there. Um, he's starting to feel out the offense a little bit better now after being gone all year. Um, but you're playing against uh, Marcus's quarterbacks, which are Matt Ryan and Dak Prescott. I mean, I think of law of averages here, he's got the edge. I think Watson is the best quarterback of the four, but Darnold is the worst of the four. I agree. Um, if Matt Stafford's healthy and plays, uh, this changes you know, a lot because Sam Darnold will be on the bench. And then if I have Matt Stafford in my lineup, if he throws touchdown passes to Galladay or Marvin Jones, well, then I get points for those as well. So mm -hmm. um, be interesting to see how that works out for Sam Darnold. Um, just your quick thoughts on running backs and receivers here. Uh, I think your running backs are pretty solid compared to Marcus's Le'Veon. He's been pretty good. Uh, Mark Ingram, it, kind of in the same boat as Le'Veon. They've both been doing about the same kind of stuff. I like your wide receiver core the most, though. Uh, Tyreek and Cup have been pretty great all year, except for Cup's big goose egg. And then DJ Chark getting Nick Foles back. Um, we'll see if he is really going to be the number one in Jacksonville or not. Um, and then I like your tight end, too. Kelsey's been great all year. I do like Marcus's wide receivers, though, too. They have a good upside. Um, yep. And Cooper Cup was a surefire, oh, this guy's great every week until last week when he had zero catches. And so that just kind of gives you a little bit of pause. Um, DJ Chark, as you mentioned, don't know how that relationship with Foles, if it's going to be the same that it was with Minshew. Um, as I mentioned, Foles' only touchdown pass on the year was to Chark, so that's something to keep an eye on. Um, Kelsey, he does what he does. A lot of yards, finally getting into the end zone a little bit now, so that helps out. 
And then my running backs, uh, another weird position for me. Le'Veon has been getting a ton of touches, uh, but I mean, his yardage has been okay, but no real touchdown value for him, um, which is kind of strange. But when you have a bad offense, uh, that's to be expected, especially when they were rolling out high school quarterbacks for half of the season. And then kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum is Mark Ingram, who doesn't get nearly the amount of touches as most running backs, uh, but he does have a lot of touchdowns. Um, He's the guy that they basically, when the Ravens get inside the five, they just hand it off to Mark Ingram until he pounds his way into the end zone. So um, he might only get 12, 13 touches in a game, but a lot of times he's came away with at least one touchdown. So Yeah, he's got eight touchdowns on the year, so that's that's all you can ask for. Yep. Um, so right now, uh, considering I don't have a an empty or I do have an empty spot in my flex, uh, the projection has Marcus at one forty four point six and myself at one forty five point eight. So even with an empty spot, my projection's higher. Uh, who do you like this week in this matchup, TC? Yeah, I think you're going to take this one, Scotty. Um, but we've seen Marcus's team play solid enough that when another team that he plays doesn't play great, that he comes away with the win. Um, so as long as your team just at least plays consistent and do what they've been doing, you've got this in the bag. Yep, I'm going to have to agree as well. I uh, I usually am pretty critical on myself and picking myself to win because I don't want to seem biased. But I think that I get this win. Um, just because I, I think my team has better matchups and has produced more consistently than Marcus's. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. All right. Um, so before we wrap up, that's it for the matchups. Uh, can I get your predictions on who will be in the flog playoffs and who will fall to the toilet bowl playoffs um, two weeks before they start? I think the playoff bracket, what it is now, I think it's what it's going to stay. Um, Who do you have uh, seated as the number one, number two, number three, number four? Uh, I think Quinn's going to be the one, Keegan's going to be the two, and then who do you play? Yeah, you're going to win, I think, against Marcus and Justin these next two weeks. So I think you're going to get the three seed, and then I'm going to be taking on Mr. Blount. And I think the brackets, what they are now, is exactly how they're going to go. So it's going to be me versus Quentin. He's got the one seed. I got the four seed. Juju's in the attic with the three seed against the Magic Skull Bus. Um, And the Toilet Bowl, that's a tough one because I could see um, it. it, The matchups aren't as big there, but (laughs) that's when they're, I mean, that's why they're trying to shore their team up right now because they understand that they're going to be in the bottom four. Yeah, um, for the Toilet Bowls, my projections right now, um, LeBron King sitting at eight seed. Um, I think that I'm going to call an upset here. I think that the Coon Squad is actually going to fall to the seven seed. Um, I think he's going to drop this week to Jake and they'll have uh, the same record. But I think Jake's team is just going to outscore him the next couple weeks. And if they do end up with the same record, Jake will have the tiebreaker. Um, so. Ruff at eight, Connor at seven. I'm going to go with Jake at six and Marcus at five. Yeah, I think that's um, an astute judgment. If Marcus drops these next two games, though, I think Jake can win his next two, and I think Jake can be the fifth. Yep. 
I think that it'll be interesting to watch it play out. Um, Week 11 starts tonight, and that means that the trade deadline will be ending at uh, 8 o'clock tonight. So anybody who's listening, you have only a few more hours to get those trades in and shore up your roster for the playoffs. Um, With that, we will end this, and thank you, TC, for coming by. Uh, Any last words for the audience? Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Sorry about Cookie. She's kind of a yapper. (laughs) And everybody have a great one. Yep, I feel like Cookie is a part of this podcast now because she's on with you every week. So we'll look forward to doing this call next week uh, with Ruff having basketball starting. Um, It could be me going forward. Uh, If Ruff's available, he will jump on the call with you next week. But we'll get to that bridge when... Um, or we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So thank you, TC. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been the Flogcast Network.